in First uh, Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four, as we continue our uh, series on our responsibilities one to another, and uh, very uh, informative and very, uh, truth be told, convicting uh, uh, Bible truths we're learning, uh, how that we as Christians ought to be responding to each other. And so last week we covered uh, a couple, uh, the one we ended with, and again, I don't think was a coincidence, uh, based upon the message that was brought to us Sunday night, was that we are to love one another. And so uh, we talked about that, and then we talked about not lying one to another. And so uh, today we're going to look at another one. So First Peter chapter 4, if you find your place, uh, let's stand. Uh, for the reverence of the reading of the Word of God. One verse we're going to read, and that is verse 10. Verse 10. The Bible says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for all you do for us, all that you've done for us, God. And I pray you'd speak to us through your Word. Give us your uh, mind tonight, Lord. Give us uh, uh, some things that will help us, uh, Lord, better understand uh, what it is you'd have for us to be. We love you and we thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Again, notice what it says there. I'm going to read that verse to you again in verse 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, uh, first of all, let me say this, folks. Everything we have, both physically and spiritually, is a gift from God. Amen? Everything we have is a gift from God. The Bible talks about how that every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights. And if there's anything good, it's because God's a part of it. Amen? And so um, uh, that means this. How about this? If it's uh, if it's not good, if it's the opposite of good, if it's evil, guess who the Father of that is? Amen? And just as God is the Father of good... Uh, a saint is the father of evil. But God has given every man. Notice again what it says in verse 10. I thought it's interesting. It says the gift. Amen. The gift. And that means this. Every single one of us as Christians have been given gifts. Have been given gifts. Now, uh, we could uh, dive into what those gifts are. And, and for sake of time, uh, we're not going to probably get deep into that tonight. Uh, but uh, every single one of us have certain, uh, here's another Bible word for it, talents. Things that God has given us that He wants for us to use for Him, as we're going to see tonight, use for the help of other people. Amen? Now, here's the thing. God's given us these things. Guess what that means we are? We are stewards of those things. Now, what is a steward? A steward is a manager. A steward is someone who takes care of something that is somebody else's. And let me just say this, folks. Everything we have belongs to God. Amen? Amen. And I'm not just talking about our physical things. I'm talking about literally even our bodies belong to God. Everything belongs to Him. So here's what we need to be. We need to be good stewards of the things He entrusts us with. Now, how do we be good stewards? Well, one of the things, based upon what we're learning tonight, is the fact that we use those gifts, those talents, to minister one to another. Now, that word minister, what's that word mean? I think most of us have a uh, general understanding of that word. But it means this. It means to be an attendant, or it means to wait upon. Just as, for example, you go to a restaurant, and maybe a hostess will seat you at that restaurant, and then you have a waiter or a waitress that will serve you at that restaurant. That's the idea of us as Christians being ministers one to another. That means this, all right, broken down very simply, to serve one another, amen? 
to serve one another. Don't, don't for one second uh, uh, let the devil deceive you into thinking, first of all, that there's anything, uh, you know, menial about being a servant, all right? And then second of all, don't let him trick you into thinking that service is below our status, amen? By the way, what did Jesus say to his disciples in Mark chapter 10, verse uh, 43? Whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, amen? That's how God defines greatness, those that minister. And by the way, I know sometimes you might, uh, uh, that term is, it might be uh, designated to a preacher. You know, he's the minister. And, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. But let me just say this, all right? It's not just a preacher's job to be a minister, amen? To uh, uh, help and serve and, and wait on one another. Uh, God has called that for all Christians. Amen. By the way, you want to elevate yourself in the sight of God? You want God to consider you a great person? You know what you need to do? Minister. Amen. Serve. By the way, is that not what God did for us by sending Jesus down to this earth? And by the way, Jesus came. Uh, he came to be a minister. Amen. And He was. I mean, listen, if the very Son of God, the very Creator of the universe could stoop to wash the feet of His disciples, what's our excuse? Amen? Amen. Why are we not surfing? Why are not we uh, uh, stooping to wash some feet? And whether that's physically, most of the time it's not, all right? But it's the, it's the uh, example of being a servant, being a minister. So let's look at some passages tonight along these subjects. Go to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. And again, these verses are verses that uh, no doubt we've talked about before, we've covered before. Uh, but you know what? There's just certain things, uh, as you always hear me say, that God repeats and He wants for us to get them. Well, I can tell you right now, that there's just certain subjects that we ought to, we ought to uh, visit often as a Christian. Amen? To, so that we can keep ourselves where the Lord would have for us to be. All right, again, let's look at verse 27. And this is the, um, uh, actually, let's back it up to verse 26. This is the Matthew parallel to the verse I just read to you in Mark. Notice what Jesus says here in verse 26. But it shall not be, Matthew chapter um, uh, 20, verse 26, but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. And look at this great verse, verse 28. Even as, by the way, even as, what's that mean? That means this, as Jesus did, so should we. Amen? By the way, let me remind us, what's the greatest goal of the Christian life? To be like Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus was well-pleasing to the Father. Amen? And you know what? That's what our goal ought to be. Even as the Son of Man. Again, notice that phrase, Son of Man. Remember I preached on that? Uh, I want to say... Um, uh, maybe it was our Christmas time. Maybe it was the, the two sons of Christmas. I, I preached about Jesus as the Son of God and Jesus as the Son of Man. And anytime you see that phrase, Son of Man, that's when Christ came in the flesh. Amen? And by the way, why did He do that? The verse answers that. Came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. Amen? And to give His life a ransom for many. So Jesus was the ultimate example of what He wants for us to be. Alright, let's look at another passage here. Go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And let's look at verse 44. Matthew chapter 25. Of course, this is known as the uh, uh, 
uh, Olivet Discourse here. And this is when Jesus was teaching His disciples. Uh, right before He went to suffer His passion, uh, they uh, asked Him uh, a question as far as, um, you know, well, let's, well, here's the question. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. And it says this, and uh, uh, Jesus, of course, um, uh, let's see here, verse 3. And He said, Upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto Him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming of the end of the world? And so uh, the, the previous chapters leading up to chapter 26 is kind of Jesus' last, uh, if you will, before he goes to the cross, his last uh, real um, deep one-on-one with the disciples from teaching. Now, I understand he, t- he had some uh, things he said to them at the Last Supper, uh, but as far as this subject, this was about the last time he covered that with them. And then so he takes uh, chapter uh, 24, he tells them some parables, and then he tells them the things that they can expect to see before his second coming. By the way, it's not my message tonight, but I like talking about it. All the things that Jesus talked about, guess what? Uh, We're seeing those signs start to come to fruition. Amen? And so, uh, but anyway, what we see in chapter 25 then is uh, in verse 31 is what's known as uh, the sheep and goat judgment. And this, this right here happens after the tribulation period, and it happens before the millennial kingdom, and it's basically, it's not for us, okay? It's not, we're not here present for this, but this is where Jesus deals with those uh, that lived through the tribulation period and how they treated His people during the tribulation period. So I understand prophetically, we're not here for that, but let me just say this, the principle's the same, amen? And here's the verse I want you to look at, okay? Look, if you will, at verse, um, uh, uh, let's see, at verse uh, 40, or, or, or verse 39. It says this, Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed in an everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. Man, that's a powerful truth right there. Here's what Jesus is saying. When you minister to others, when you minister to the least of these, if you want to you know, consider it that way, it's like doing it directly to Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you right now. If Jesus... All right, and he never would do this because he's God. All right, but if Jesus were walking past, you know, the uh, the sidewalk out there, and he come up and and kind of, you know, came in the church and and uh, you know, it was obvious he needed something, and we knew it was Jesus. You better believe everybody would be, you know, uh, doing everything they could to make sure he was taken care of. Well, of course we would. It's Jesus. Why would we not? Right? That's what we think. But here's the thing. Remember this. Here's what he said. When you do it to one of the least of these, you do it unto me. So that means this. You know, let, let, let's, let's just break this down to where we all live at. Amen? When we uh, uh, serve others, and, and, and by the way, again, notice the, cat, the, the least. 
And, and, and you know, in God's eyes, we understand people, uh, God doesn't, you know, uh, value others, uh, other people above other people as far as their value to Him. Sometimes mankind does, alright? We sure do, don't we? We kind of put stereotypes and, and values on certain, you know, social groups or social status or however you want to say it. But he said, when you do it unto one of the least, you do it directly unto me. Man, that's powerful, amen? I mean, hey, do you want to one of these days uh, get to heaven and Jesus congratulates you for you know feeding him and uh, and giving him a drink when he was thirsty and clothing him when he needed clothes? I mean, wouldn't you want him to think, wow, I mean, thank you for doing that for me? Well, listen, unless you get involved in ministering, you'll never do it to him. You'll never do it to him. Amen? What a great opportunity. Amen? What a great opportunity for us as Christians unto one of the least of those. All right, let's, let's look again. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Man, I love doing this. I like just taking a truth and tracing it through, uh, chasing it through the Scripture and just seeing the things the Lord has to say about it. I mean, by the way, that's, that's what this is called, right? Bible study, amen? And that's how you study the Bible, okay? You don't have to be some deep, you know, scholar with some degree to study the Bible. It's for every Christian. Luke chapter 8. And again, we see the context. And, and I love, again, seeing the context of things. And always read and interpret the Bible within the context of the Scripture. Let's look at verse 1. And it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and notice this, many others which ministered unto him of their substance. Of their substance. And uh, you know what you see here, folks? You see people, by the way, why did they feel like they had to minister to Christ? It's because he demanded that from them. Is that why? I, I, I demand that you do this for me. By the way, he could have... And would have been just doing so because he's God. But no, Jesus didn't walk around demanding people follow him. You know why these people, particularly these ladies that was uh, mentioned here, you know what? They, because you know what? He, well, he helped them. He healed them. They felt indebted to him. Amen. They wanted to minister to him. You know what they had for Jesus Christ? It's what we've just been talking about the last few services. A love for him. That a love for him. By the way, you love Jesus, you'll have no problem ministering. No problem whatsoever. I love what Brother Bertram said Saturday, Sunday night. I hope you caught that. That most of all of our problems as a Christian is a love problem. Isn't that true? Amen? Because we don't love God the way we ought to. And because of that, we don't love others the way we ought to. Amen? Man, what a powerful truth there. And so we see that these folks here ministered to Jesus. Romans chapter 15, let's go there. Romans chapter 15. And let's uh, look down here to um, uh, verse 25. Verse 25. Of course, this is the Apostle Paul, and uh, he was um, uh, writing to the church of Rome. And of course, Paul, man, he was all over the place. Man, that guy, he was, uh, he was always going someplace doing something great for the Lord. But notice what it says here. But now I go unto Jerusalem. Notice, why is he going? You ready? Here it is. To minister unto the saints. To minister to the saints. Listen, sometimes we have these 
Again, these stereotypes of different things. You know, we think Paul was this, you know, big hot shot preacher walking around and everybody was falling at Paul's feet because he was the great apostle Paul. That is not what was going on. In fact, the reason he was so great, and I believe probably uh, next to Christ, the greatest Christian in the New Testament. I mean, that's debatable, I guess. How do you rate that? But accordance to what God used him to do and the attitude he had and the things that he went through and still love God and serve God, probably one of the greatest No, you know why Paul was that? Because exactly what verse 25 says. Because when he was going to places, you know what he was doing? Ministering unto the saints. So much to so that, you know what? He even writes about this and uh, to some of the churches. Listen, Paul was there to minister. He wasn't to do it. He wasn't doing it for a paycheck. In fact, Paul, I mean, I think you probably understand this if you read the Scripture. Paul also was a tradesman. You know, he was a tent maker. And you know why? It's not because he didn't have anything better to do. It's because at times he had to. Because the churches weren't taking care of him the way they should have. But you know what? It wasn't, Paul didn't, well, you're not taking care of me, so I'm not going to do anything for you. That was not his attitude. Listen, he didn't care whether they did anything for him or not, although they should have. No, he was there to minister unto them. Amen? And I know the context here, the verse, is within what a pastor uh, is supposed to do, someone that's in full-time ministry. And you know what? It ought, we ought to. Amen? And I say that to myself. That, that's my job. And let me just say this. Let me say this to you as a church. Please don't say to me, preacher, I don't want to bother you with this. Do not say that to me. Because let me tell you something. That's why I'm the pastor of this church. You have a need, you need to talk, you need to meet, you need me to do something for you. It's not a bother. Now, I may not be to the point where I can drop everything and run or come to you exactly when you uh, may call, but I'll promise you I'll do the best I can to. You know why? Because, folks, that's what, that's what we as pastors are supposed to do. Amen? To minister, to serve, to help. All right, And so uh, Paul certainly uh, put that to practice in his life and his ministry. And then look what it says down in verse um, 26 and 27. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are, which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. And what he's saying by that is this. Listen to me. Uh, it, it's right. It's, it's proper for, you know what? If, uh, if, 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 if they were being ministered to spiritually, then you know what? Then in turn, they ought to, because they were getting ministered to spiritually, they ought to then help minister in the word carnal. This means the temporal things. All right, and talking about finances, okay, finances. And that's why, you know what, if a pastor or someone comes through here and they preach and they minister to us, listen to me, we give them a love offering. We, we have try to help them uh, with, their, uh, with their temporal needs, okay? That's just right, that's just proper, amen? That's just proper, and that's what we do around here. I'll just tell you this, uh, I won't have someone in to preach from this pulpit or to minister to us if we can't afford to give them a love offering. Just not going to do it. You know why? Because it's not ethical. Okay, by the way, I was fortunate to have a pastor who taught me some ethics. Now, they don't do it for that. They don't do it for a love offering. I mean, you know what? Uh, And again, you know what? A, A minister, a true minister, isn't in it for that. But let's be honest. You know what? They have needs too, don't they? 
I mean, Brother Bertram is telling me about how um, this uh, uh, summer is really hard for the college because of all the expenses have gone up as far as traveling goes and motels and fuel. And, you know, it's just a lot more uh, expense for them to do that, but it's profitable. But you know what? That's why, again, uh, it's important for us, if, if someone ministers to us spiritually, to then take care of them in the temporal things. Amen? And again, you know, we, we can't meet every need, but we sure can be a blessing. And, of course, that's what uh, Paul was admonishing uh, the saints here. Now, let's look at one more passage. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Go one more verse here. Let's look at verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward His name. Man, that's, isn't that just an encouraging truth right there? That you know what? When you, uh, uh, as a Christian, that you work and have a labor of love that you do for God's name. The Bible says that God does not forget that. God doesn't forget that. In fact, I'll, I'll, the Bible even teaches this. God's making record of it. God makes record of it. Listen to me. Quit worrying about who on earth sees you do this, do that. Don't do it for that. Who cares? Who cares if one, not one person ever recognizes something you do that's right and good and proper for the work of the Lord? Okay? Forget that. Who cares? Because you know why? God sees. God knows. And the Bible says that, you know what? He's not unrighteous to forget it. That's why, church, there's going to be a judgment seat of Christ to receive those things, as the Bible says, done in our body. Amen? And so, yes, it does matter. God does see. Well, no one ever recognizes what I do. Who cares? Not doing it for that. Big deal. Okay? God sees. God knows. And notice what the rest of the verse says. That ye have showed toward His name. Now, by the way, the rest of the verse is going to explain it. How do you show that labor of love that God doesn't forget? How is it that you do that? Here you go. You ready? In that ye have, you ready, church? Ministered to the saints and do minister. You know what that means? You wait. You serve. You, uh, with humility, help other Christians. Big deal to God. Amen? Big deal to God. Because that's what He wants for us to do. Amen? He wants us to minister, to wait, and to be there to help one another. You know, I wonder how many Christians would not get discouraged. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately, people for different reasons, you know, they, they, they quit church. They, they quit on the Lord. They, you know, everybody seems to have their excuses why they don't do this anymore, do that. I wonder, though, uh, how many of them maybe wouldn't have gotten discouraged had some other Christians been their ministers. Right? Instead of discouraging, encouraging. Amen? Alright? And being there to help and serve in a right, humble spirit. By the way, God has set this thing up in such a way, listen to me, you'll never find fulfillment, joy, peace, happiness in the Christian life unless you get busy serving. Can't do it any other way. Okay? And let me just tell you this, folks. As our church begins to grow, and, we're, and this is happening even right now, Okay? 
people are, are getting more involved in things, doing things. And let me tell you, that is a blessing to a church. Amen? Listen, God didn't design the church for the pastor to do everything. Did not design it for that to happen. By the way, a church that, you know, number one, here's what I've seen. I've seen it go both directions. I've seen one, uh, and you know, this is too far to, to the one way, where a pastor's a control freak, and he thinks he's got to have his hands on everything. Listen, that's not good. That's not the way God intended for it to be. Okay? No. The pastor is supposed to lead by example. Yes, be in the trenches, but guess what? There's supposed to be everybody else down there with them. Amen? Amen. Right? That's the way it's supposed to be. And I'm telling you right now, you'll never find the fulfillment in your life as a Christian unless you don't get, unless you get busy ministering. You say, well, I can't, you know, I can't get out and go knock on doors or, or whatever it may be. I can't go help, uh, you know, paint at a church plant. Listen, that's okay. You may not be able to. I understand some of our senior saints where you're at, but listen to me. Hey, first of all, can you pray? And let me tell you what, let me answer that for you. Yes, you can. As long as you're doing this, you can pray. Amen. Hey, how about this? Can you send a note of encouragement? Okay. Yes, you can. I mean, come on, listen, just ask the Holy Spirit when you walk in church uh, on a Sunday, Lord, would you just show me somebody that you want me to encourage this week? Would you just lay somebody on my heart? And, and, and maybe it's not even necessarily somebody you see at church. Maybe it's not even someone in our local congregation. Maybe it's just somebody God puts on your heart. By the way, saved or lost, and encourage. Listen, what all of us can have the ministry, the ministry of encouragement. Amen? And so I'm telling you, find somebody to serve, Somebody to help, somebody to do, do something for, get busy, and let's, let, let's, let, let's all be involved in this idea of ministering one to another. Now, I had another one we're going to talk about tonight, uh, but you know what? I think the Lord wants me to stop here, and uh, it's been uh, uh, a little unusual uh, service time and everything as far as a Tuesday night, and uh, so uh, we're just going to stop here tonight, and so, uh, but, but we'll, we'll pray then and go to our prayer time. But listen to me, folks. Don't miss this truth. Amen? Such an important truth that the Lord taught us tonight. Now listen, here's the thing. Don't just fill your head with knowledge, okay? Put it to practice, okay? That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is taking the knowledge that we learn and putting it into action in our lives, okay? And so listen, you don't have to wait until, you know, you know this huge grand opportunity. Look for an opportunity, Okay, just, just listen. If you have your spiritual eyes open, you'll find an opportunity. Amen. Let's get busy, all of us, ministering one to another. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight.